Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Grace, guess what day it is? Oh. It is Amazon Prime Day. Did you know? What is that? <laughs> okay, that's good. Is it like Black Friday. But yeah, so the Dyson you've been talking about. Stop. I was. I'm literally going to purchase that while we're talking. I think that they have Dysons on. <laughs> I want a Dyson more than I want like anything in the world. Okay, I don't actually know if there's Dysons on Amazon, but there's heaps on sale. I'm seeing. Right this now, the one I got is the one I got is on sale for two forty nine, which I know isn't a bargain. But drop the link. There are some yeah. in obscenely priced Dysons on here. Five hundred and seven pounds. Yeah, you don't need that. Um, Reduced from five hundred and eighty. But what is also on there, which you, I know you've been flirting with the idea of, is um, a Vitamix. Mm. Vitamixes are on sale. Um, I. Personally, I'm trying to find a nice knife set that's mm. chic and stylish and still being good knives. And I'm finding it impossible. There's a really good brand in the US called Material. And they just mm. do like three chic knives. Love. <laughs> um, but you can't ship them here. So I think when in doubt, Japanese, good for knives. Chic, minimal and sharp. I know. I just want someone to tell me. Like, I just want there to be an article of... It's like, this is the knife that all the millennial women buy. Yes. Yeah, Vogue hasn't done an article on it. No one's done an article on it except for like good housekeeping. And Which I don't means trust them. you are the chosen one. And then every time. Knife journalist. <laughs> and then every time I go to those articles about the knives on like whatever, good housekeeping, all the knives are like $40. And, I'm, and I, I know that price doesn't mean quality, but it always, but it. You want it to be a bit more, cheap. yeah, a I bit want too it to, cheap. To be expensive. Hundred, 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 maybe, yeah, yeah. Hundred and fifty, two hundred. I feel like I have a sharp enough knife. 
<laughs> I can see you with like one of those blocks that you sharpen them on. Yeah, that makes my teeth feel funny. But yeah. Does it? Mm-hmm. I quite like that. <laughs> I don't like chalkboards, but I like a, sh- a sharpened knife. Actually, what I was going to do before you came over for some scent version of ASMR for you <laughs> is put on some incense. Ooh. Do you like incense? Um, I think so. Yeah, it depends on the strength. <laughs> it makes me feel a bit headachey. Same. There's, yeah. a, it's a, there's a thin line. Yes. It's like um, a candle. Similar. <laughs> like when you put a candle in a bath and it's too much. Yeah, I find incense far worse with the smokiness, but I try and put it on because it feels um, like a relaxing treat and then get a headache and have to blow it out. Yeah. Um, But I was going to do that because I wanted to tell you about this piece that I wrote and how interesting it was. And it was about um, functional fragrances slash scent, so like incense included, um, that basically in the past few years, perfumers – Forever, they've kind of been like, well, there's aromatherapy and all of those ways that people know that scent can manipulate our emotions. Like you dab Mm -hmm. lavender on your temples or whatever to go to sleep. But then in recent years, perfumers have been leaning into this so hard and working with all of these scientists to make fragrances that are functional. So when they say things like, I think Clinique in the 90s were one of the first to do it and they Mm -hmm. released one called Happy. Um, that was meant to supposed to make you happy and now there's brands like the new co and virado which was launched by yasmin i was gonna say is that yasmin soul's brand yeah yeah so cool so she for people who don't know um is actually from australia originally but has lived over here forever and she like was really high up in fashion at all these different brands and just left Farfetch, 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 Farfetch as um, like creative, head of creative to launch this brand. And it's got, I think, six different fragrances and each one of them is targeted to uh, make you feel a certain way. So witchy woo, which is what that incense over there is. And they also have a fragrance as, as for creatives and it's supposed to make you feel really creative. And we can put it on for the Patreon if and see yes, what happens. see if we change. And uh, they have one called, the one that just came out is called um, Sunray. And like in the marketing for it, it's so specific that, the, that they claim it's been scientifically proven to amplify self-confidence by 67% and joy by 25%, which sounds like crazy marketing lies, but there's actually like all of the science behind it, which is super interesting that is amazing it makes so much sense as well because there just is a difference in i don't know i think i think like living in a big city as well i've been thinking a lot recently about all the way our senses are bombarded and how they're like making us anxious and sad without us being able to unpack why and i think i literally think like the constant thing of walking past like garbage cans or like yesterday i swear to god outside of my house these 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 like obscene builders have been shouting things that would make anyone blush like they're literally heinous and they have this giant they were like pumping out this giant portaloo outside our house for like 20 minutes and it was just so disgusting and i was like these things are just all going into my poor body and and adding to me being depressed yes for sure um so the opposite is you need to counter it with things that make you happy yeah well it's it's also really interesting because scent so then i started getting really into learning about scent and Mm. i went really off topic for this piece and my day's editor was like 
this is really interesting, but <laughs> it's a whole different piece. So yeah. I'm going to take it all out. And <laughs> I was like, okay. But I um, found this woman, this amazing Norwegian researcher and artist called Cecil Tolas. And she works with scent and smell. And she's had all of these ex- these crazy exhibitions of um, like scent exhibitions, essentially. And she explores how it, how scent um, is like, interwoven with culture and colonization and all of these different things. It's so interesting. But also the fact that scent is like out of all of our senses, it's kind of the most overlooked, but it's the only one with a direct line to three of the most important areas of the brain, including the limbic system, which processes our feelings, our emotions and our memory. And research shows that 75% of our emotions are reactions to scent. 75% 75% of our emotions crazy. are reactions to scent. That's so interesting. It affects both concentration and memory recall. And people people experience a 40% improvement in mood after being exposed to pleasant smells. So that's like so interesting. And now all of these perfumers from these new startup companies like the Nuco and Viredo, which I just talked about, are literally releasing scents. I think Addison Ray, her scents are like happy as fuck. like chilled as fuck um are all tapping into this but then also like heritage houses like chanel and ysl are all doing it too and working directly with these scientists and then i got on the blower to one of these scientists for 30 minutes and it was so interesting what she was saying and they're like using ai and stuff so this company used an artificial intelligence program to create fragrances to increase concentration, music to all the ADD girlies ears, um, during which they analyzed 1.9 million consumer responses to develop scents that trigger emotions associated with enhanced focus. And then this scientist woman, Julia, she was a little legend, um, talked about how so much of the time we're not aware we're we're not aware of like you say the sense that are coming in that our noses are working all of the time and we're not aware um that subconsciously that's happening so a lot of the time the sense that we um make us feel relaxed or make us feel happy or make us feel calm um have to do with like where we were brought up and what happened as children and like the wow. specific region we were we live in so a lot of the time the perfumers are trying to make a scent that'll make you feel relaxed but that depends on what region of the world the the people they're targeting grew up in so like for us lavender is associated with relaxation but in asia it's not at all so it would just be a different another smell to them yeah, wow. um and then yeah so it's like this whole realm of associations and thoughts and feelings and connections and she talks about which is goes back to what you just said she talks about how we ourselves like we can use these perfumes obviously to like manipulate our emotions to make us feel more calm but we can also do it with things like body like any scent anything in our lives like body wash so she uses different body wash monday to friday than she does on the weekend Mm. because that body wash will trigger her her mind into thinking she's going to work versus the other one that will make her realize she's relaxed and she was just like there are just those specific little daily things you can do that actually like can really impact your um yeah mental well-being and emotions it's quite crazy that is so fucking interesting i'm obsessed with that i want to learn more about that i'm also it, it reminds me of something i've been researching lately for a story which is like chromotherapy like color therapy and i've literally just started looking into it but 
it's Kate wrote for Parfum an article about nail art and like yeah. nail artists using color therapy in nail art basically to like help this similar idea but like I guess like less less like profound in terms of how much we're consuming smells and we don't realize but like different colors trigger different things in different people based on like all different experiences that they've had in their life and this idea of like using really actively using color and how you dress and how you kit out your home and how you like wear beauty to trigger certain feelings in yourself it's mm. just so special yeah. and it's like women are just so amazing the fact that we learn this shit and then go and create beauty brands to like incorporate I know healing into our lives yeah yeah it literally made me be like what the fuck have I been doing this whole time yeah what have I been doing this whole time not spraying myself with a scent that's scientifically proven Mm -hmm. to make me feel relaxed and focused Mm -hmm. and and de-stress me like there's actual science because it feels so Mm woo-woo and then on TikTok obviously they're making it woo-woo and they're like talking about how there's all that manifestation to it, you know, like you'll spray yourself and someone will fall in love with you or whatever. So then I asked Julia um, if you could, because it is science, like if you could make a mm-hmm. scent that actually would make you more attractive to someone else. And mm-hmm. she was just like, well, because we're all so different, like you say, each scent is based off the back of our previous experiences and the memories we hold toward the scent. You couldn't create a universal one that would attract anyone except vanilla like you could use notes like vanilla which are universally attractive to everyone but she was like if you had the brain scan science that they do of the person or you knew every scent and smell they liked you literally could don't tell the girlies for the girlies gonna be used for evil i know <laughs> into po- magic potions their crushes brain scan yeah but that pheromones is such a huge part of like mm. sexual like as everyone knows. I wonder if it's the same for men. It must be. What do you mean? Like if they feel, if, if the pheromones thing is the same. I think it to is. To them. Like I, I associate like Zach, but also like every person I've been in love with, I feel, I feel like I can still remember like what they smell like. Yeah. In this weird way. Yeah. Well, yeah. A master said to me the other day, was like, he was just like, you just smell so good. Like mm. when you're not, he's just like, you're just, you're just smell is so good. And I was like, not to everyone, but to you, thank God. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So the sixth of Varedo is for mindfulness and intuition. Love. Yeah. Witchy woo is courage and creativity. I am verdant for transformation and illumination. I also like her brand because hers, a lot of them lean into being very scientific. Like the new co is just being like, this is the science Mm-hmm. We have formulated this in a lab, like someone standing there, some like <laughs> in a chic, coat, a lab chic coat. girl boss in a lab coat. <laughs> and Viredo Yasmin's just like, this brand is built on vibes. I want you to like yes. um, vibrate on a higher frequency. She And I'm just like very into that. Yeah. And she just does as well. Yeah. I feel like you just want to bottle whatever. <laughs> yeah. Bottle her up. Bottle up her vibe. It's like yeah. very smart. Um, I love it. I just love these people as well, like her, that just have these. A million different lives and careers over the course of time and like constantly reinvent themselves and just like follow their interests and passions even if it's like a total left turn yeah and even even if so many people would just be like because she she's yeah she talks about reiki she talks about energy healing she puts they put like crystals in the virodo bottles Mm. and so many people in fashion would just be like what the fuck is that yeah i love that she's just like i don't give a fuck i'm vibrating up here bitches (laughs) go to your silly little fashion weeks and cry over your (laughs) lack of clothes (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm like going to meditate in my garden yeah. of roses. It's all about vibes. It's all about vibes. Love. On a totally opposite vibe, no. <laughs> I'm like so addicted to this podcast. Have you listened to it yet? Yes. Okay. It's called, what's, it has the worst name. The Retrievals. The Retrieval. I don't like the name. No. It's an episode name. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's New New York Times serial collaboration podcast and it's about this it's like such a horror story because i had dinner with a friend recently who was like had like in a non freak out annoying way like in a really good way it was just like have you had your eggs counted before if you're like worried about having children and all that stuff you should just like book an appointment and see because it gives you good peace of mind and it's like good to have information and like knowledge about you and your body. Yeah. But I'd had that conversation like two days before I started listening to this podcast. And it's about an IVF clinic at Yale, like literally Yale University in um, America. And it's so, so, so fucked up. This all is revealed in the first like 20 minutes. But basically all these women were going to get their like eggs retrieved to be frozen for IVF for like all variety of different reasons. And not all of them, but like a huge amount of them basically said that the experience of having their eggs um, retrieved was like the most excruciatingly painful screaming out in pain experience. Um, And that they were all told that they were just weird (laughs) and that it shouldn't feel like that. And that's not how most women felt. And then had to, a lot of them had to go through it again and again and again, only to find out later that basically this nurse had been stealing the fentanyl this naughty nurse the naughtiest nurse to ever nurse like i can't with the, isn't her name donna her name is donna <laughs> which is my mum's name for, for fresh listeners for the new listeners um donna was stealing fentanyl and replacing it with literal salt water like saline <laughs> And these poor fucking women were being told that they were being pumped with like a like the highest grade opiate, like opioid, to kill the pain. And they were going through a in, like an invasive procedure where someone sticks a fucking prod up your yeah. vagina and pierces the yeah. through the vaginal wall to like pull eggs out. Physically drag and they were going through it stone cold sober, not even on two neurofin plus, like stone cold sober. And the women were being like. One of them was like, I am so alert right now. I could drive a car. Yeah. I am completely sober. And the nurses and doctors in the room were just like, we've Including given you. fucking Donna sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes Donna was there. And the nurses and doctors were in the, in the room were being like, we've given you like the legal amount of painkiller that we can. We can't give you any more. Like, we, we don't understand what's happening. Just breathe through it. They were, and the, and the women were trying to stay still, even though they were like writhing in pain. So the doctors would be able to do the procedure. And obviously because this is IVF, it's like, it, there's so many other layers to it than yes. if it was just any old surgery. It's like they, the women were talking about how the fact that they're having to go through IVF a lot of the time was because like they had had miscarriages and they felt like they couldn't carry a baby. Mm -hmm. And so they already felt like their body was like failing them. So then when they were doing this wrong and everyone was looking at them as though it was their fault, they felt again, like, Oh, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm making this up. Maybe every, maybe like, and it was so sad when that woman said afterwards, she talked to, she'd talk to other people about how painful it was and they'd do that like not even on purpose but you know how kind of on purpose you're just like oh it wasn't sore really? for me like it wasn't yeah like oh me. i got wow. a tattoo and it yeah. didn't even hurt yeah, yeah. like you know <laughs> 
totally and then they start and then she just said that like shamed her into silence i think that's like what's so incredible about this series is is that the story is outrageous and crazy but what's really insane i just i i think what's beautiful about it is that like all the women almost to a like to a t have a huge amount of empathy for the nurse because like you just under like people who are it's a terrible terrible thing to do um but i think we as a culture understand enough about addiction to understand that like when you're addicted to something like fentanyl you're not acting in a fucking sane rational way what is far more serious and concerning is that over the course of two years this many women could be in that much pain separately separate cases saying it again and again to doctors and that no one flagged that there could be a problem because every single person who's in a fucking medical profession whose job it is to like care for people first it wasn't like the alarm bells never went off that maybe these women were telling the truth and something was wrong it Mm -hmm. was like just assumed every single time again and again and again and again that they were exaggerating or they were making a big deal over nothing or like and just the way that the mental gymnastics that the women go through went through individually to say, like you said, my body must be defective. There must be something wrong with me. Um, blaming themselves and not fighting harder to advocate for themselves because of this thing that women do all the time. Where, where like you're so scared to make a fuss and like whatever, take up space, make demands. Um, it's just infuriating. It made me so angry, like listening to it. Like, I know. I think because like we can all just recognize that we would probably act in the same way. And they, they were what was the craziest part for me. And also it sounds like we're ruining the podcast, but we're really not. Cause Grace yeah. told me all of this before I listened and just listening to it. It's you're still like gripped because you're mm. hearing all of the stories in real time and it's produced in such a incredible way. But yeah, the thing that caught me was it was like, they detailed this, horrific pain and then as you say so many you so many people ivf doesn't work the first time you're going through rounds and rounds of ivf Mm -hmm. it's already so stressful you're already pumping your body full of hormones one of the women said i cried what'd she say that i text you i cried at the wind and i was like (laughs) me when i'm not on hormone treatment like your your body is fucked sometimes insurance doesn't cover it for those it's like 15k fucking go it's often after like months or years of like miscarriages huge stress and trauma of yeah trying to get pregnant and 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 struggling or miscarriages or yeah Yeah. um and then and then and then you go into the the room you and this is supposed to be the part that you don't feel pain and this is supposed to be the part where you're excited because you've finally gotten to that point because for so much of that process you're like trying to get your eggs ready or whatever to be taken out so you're like injecting yourself and doing all the hormones and all of that they go into the room they think this is the exciting day the eggs are going to get retrieved and they are in horrific pain then it doesn't work and for so many of them they went back to the same clinic and did it again someone went eight times and didn't have fentanyl a single time like it's literally like medieval fucking torture yeah and it's just it's just infuriating and I think it speaks as well. It just speaks to so many, I think, of like women's anxieties and that that question around pregnancy and childbirth and this like tension point that we just have as a society around women, women as like, I don't know, women as mothers and the way that this is, it's supposed to be such a noble thing that it trumps so many other things and that you should be able to sacrifice and you should be able to go through pain and you should give up all of these things in your life and you shouldn't be selfish because you should be maternal. Um, and that you should like suffer 
you should suffer for your children, even if that means trying to get pregnant in the first place. It just reminds me of stuff like I was talking to a friend recently about like the rise in people who just have, um, what do you call it? Like pet, like schedule cesareans for their childbirth basically. And they like schedule it. So it's like a little bit earlier than they're probably going to go into labor. They're induced. They don't feel anything. They come out of it and whatever. And people usually have to have private healthcare to do that. So people are calling it like too posh to push, (laughs) which is like funny. (laughs) But at the same time, you're just like, that should be accessible to everyone. But if there's a form of healthcare that allows women to not have to go through like 18 to 30 hours of excruciating pain Mm. (laughs) and to go like go through this experience without that and then emerge with a child why is there judgment about people judge everything people, people judge people for, for using it epidural like yes, crazy a hundred percent people like well, like my friend was talking about how she wants to try and do it without an epidural and i was like why like is it harmful to the baby what like why mm. the fuck would you want to do it without <laughs> without an epidural and she was like i don't know like people just liken it to competing and running a marathon i was like it's not like running a fucking marathon yeah. because running a marathon you're doing like months of training and with this it's like yes your body is your body's prepping for it but like absolutely fuck that without yeah it's like one of the, it's like with everything else with science developing like medicine to make things easier like fucking amputations and like all of this shit pregnancy and childbirth remains one of these weird things where people get weird and judgy about medical intervention in this way that is like suggesting you're not being like a natural enough woman or you're putting your yeah or like surrogate stuff as well yeah, surrogate stuff is such a huge part oh of God, that put a baby in a goddamn like tank frozen Chamber. tank for me i don't give a shit exactly the surrogate thing is so interesting because it's like i get it so much why you would do it but it's like a system that's just contingent on like rich women paying poor women like poorer women to have their kids i know but there is weird judgy shit within that like if you actually fucking need a surrogate which a lot of people do feeling like to be a a legitimate mother you have to go through excruciating pain yeah that's this weird thing in your body yeah yeah it's really interesting and strange Mm -hmm. i i just find yeah i find that i find that a similar converse a similar thing to that of like adoption in a way like i kind of feel like i can't get my head around i understand i don't feel it myself but i do understand for sure that like maternal motherly like animal instinct to want to have your own baby Mm. out of your own dna and like with the person you love like i of course get that Mm -hmm. and to like raise a cute little mini me like very cute (laughs) but i also i'm just like I, i and you know obviously that's why so many people struggle for so long through like rounds of IVF. It's like, if you didn't really fucking want this, you would not mm-hmm. go eight times into a room on no fentanyl and mm. get egg retrieval. Um, but like, I get, but I think it's just so funny. Cause I'm like, well, there are so many kids in the world that need parents yeah. that are just alive or like little babies that you can adopt. Obviously it's not an easy process, but I just feel like it's such a weird thing that it's not a conversation. Like, no one ever talks about adoption. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, if you can't have a kid, then you're like, oh, I just can't have a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's this other realm, there's this other route you could go down that would mean you could be a mother. Like, it's, I, I'm just thinking of it in like a similar vein of like people judging if you use a surrogate and you don't have it yeah. in your own yeah, stomach. Yeah, like the naturalistic fallacy or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
a hundred percent. Because then we could all have babies at like forty and fifty. Obviously, I know. I know it's not super easy, and it's like a there's money and like stress involved with that in a different way to like just to actually getting yourself pregnant. Which, but even the, like even that thing, like it's so funny how you talk to people. Like that conversation I was having with someone about eggs and egg retrieval, they were like oh my God, don't even think about having kids soon. You're so young. And it's like, I'm about to turn 30. And the common consensus with most other people I talk to is like, you got to think about having kids soon if you want them because yada, yada, yada. And I think there is still, I have just picked up on in conversations. If I started saying to people, I think I'm just going to get my eggs frozen. And I actually don't think I want to start trying to have kids till I'm like 36. I just know, I, I can pre-feel the amount of judgment and shit that people will say. And like, it's just... It's very funny that as much as we've progressed as a society, there is still this huge hang up about motherhood and like seeing seeing scientific and medical intervention as like illegitimate or not. I don't know. Yeah. There's something about it. And I think that's why this IVF thing is these women have all internalized such a narrative about themselves and like see themselves as defective or see themselves as like like bad and you know what I mean I think accepting that pain is like to do with that narrative I know which makes me so sad yeah and the way Yale handled it handled it all is so fucked up um so yeah highly recommend I listened to both of the two episodes this afternoon when I was yes the third coming out tomorrow but I'm like what else are they gonna do they've given (laughs) too much away in the first three episodes yeah how long can it last I guess they'll do like the court trial maybe yeah, but I'm just like women are just so funny to me in how amazing we are. Like this woman put this woman, the nurse, put all these women through like unimaginable pain and trauma, and she basically straight away was like admitted it, said I'm guilty, wrote this like really detailed open letter about how she has a fucking. Of course, I was like, this woman has a piece of shit husband, and like lo and behold, I was like, the yes. blame for this somehow actually lies for the man. Yeah, she was living with this hideous heinous man to the point where he got really bad COVID and friends of hers were like I hope we were all hoping he'd die in the hospital because he was so like emotionally and it sounds like physically abusive threatening with the children all of this stuff drove her basically to the edge of like a nervous breakdown she gets addicted to drugs she's putting these women through all this pain she immediately apologizes and accepts like a jail sentence (laughs) writes this really nuanced thoughtful letter about addressing the, the damage that she's done and, and blah, blah, blah. And then all the women that were victims of it say, I don't want her to go to jail, write letters asking the judge to give her a pardon, like have really nuanced understandings of addiction and like the criminal justice system and why criminalizing drug use isn't right. And it's, yeah. it's just amazing. I just think women are just so evolved. I know. I also found it was so interesting because one of the women who was having the egg retrieval worked in – like drug what was it she works yeah. as a drug some some Lawyer something or something yeah um and so she yeah wrote this really passionate letter just being like i can't speak for any other women obviously or what they want to do but i don't think that um people should be jailed for drug offenses and i was like that's really interesting i hadn't like thought about that properly yeah um but yeah so so clever so clever Thank you. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Women equal so evolved. Men, <laughs> aka Jonah Hill, equal <laughs> pretending to be evolved to be assholes to women. To fucking emotionally and coercively control women. I can't. This I take back everything we said in that stutz. Was, I'm pretty sure we said we'd fuck him. We, yeah. He obviously wouldn't fuck us given, <laughs> given our thotty photos. I know. This, like... I, just, I think the reason this has just gone so viral is because every woman is like has had this gut feeling like men are pretending to go to therapy but they're not really going to therapy like they're not really getting it yes. and this has this tiny micro arc of Jonah Hill is just in a nutshell men <laughs> it's <laughs> right now it's it's hilarious i was like the men are wilding out because it, yes. the same it happened which we'll talk about after but it happened the same fucking weekend as kiki palmer's boyfriend went <sighs> crazy at her for wearing an outfit to usher for wearing but, an outfit. <laughs> but um yeah jonah hill so as everyone's probably across it took me a while to get across i've seen the memes before i understood what was going on same. but his, i saw the meme being like my perfect summer and then it was like the list of all the things yeah, banned. yeah. i was like what is this um his ex-girlfriend Sarah Brady who's this surf instructor um basically alleged that he was emotionally abusive during their relationship and she shared the screenshot of texts from Jonah Hill on Friday and Saturday and then just shared some more yesterday or like today <laughs> yes. um she's it, it's giving chaotic it's giving chaotic pre- I know. presence yeah but we love it I know <laughs> well we were talking about like the other day when we met for coffee and Grace was like you were just like, oh, I'm, I don't know about like sharing this whole bunch of messages yeah. from like a relationship you were in two years ago online. Like, it you- sets a dangerous precedent. I'm like, we're all happy we've seen it because it gives us so much to talk about. And it's like tea and it's funny and it's also fucked up. And but it, it's like, also a thing, hopefully it's- a learning thing to like a lot of people as well. You know, yes. like it's like yeah, yeah. it should be a learning about like how therapy speak is being. Like, exactly like, it's all it's of the like stuff text that spawn a thousand think pieces but just from a total objective standpoint i do think there's something off about sharing screenshotted text i don't think the context any context would change the nature of those texts like i don't think there's some weird alternative context that would make what he said okay i just think like if we're all being honest with ourselves like the most fucked up 
messages we've sent a partner or our partner from a place of like insecurity or like having a shitty day or just acting irrationally or being like I just think that that in itself is a like a slippery slope (laughs) yeah and then I was talking about how she obviously they broke up she's like lifted she's she's been thinking about this for a while and then what really topped it off oh yeah was the Stotts documentary on Netflix where Jonah Hill sits opposite this Therapist, I need to know what Stotts starts at thinking Stutz, right now. My estimations of Stotts have gone down Same. drastically. If he, if but he, he can't but, help being Jonah Hill's therapist. But I'm like, why are you sitting doing a documentary if you know that your like client is not okay? But maybe he doesn't. Like, no, because, I will present a certain exactly. That's what I mean. I, I I just find it so crazy because I'm like, you could go. He could go to therapy and say all the right stuff about how he understands all of this stuff and then just go go out and not action it in the real world at all. And that's what's scary about it. That's it's like, it's yeah. like that's what's the manipulative part because it's like it's not like he's this dumb idiot that doesn't understand what he's doing. He's like using what he learns in therapy to go back to her and turn it around on her and say that she's being – what was it that she he said today? A thought. A thought. <laughs> she's being a thought for wearing a bikini when she's in her surfing videos because she's a surfer. And what's really, really funny about that is he slid into her DMs off the back of one of those videos. And that's how they fucking first started talking. So he, he yes. literally was the CD guy who slid into her DMs. So there's a lot within this that I want to talk about. But just, just to give Jonah Hill the benefit of the doubt in slightly is that I think it's very possible this this very obviously reads as him like intentionally misusing therapy speak to like coercively control and manipulate her I think what's more likely is he was like earlier on in his therapy journey and was just misusing terms he was getting for very selfish purposes which has the same kind of effect but I think it I think it would be less sinister than we're reading it and more about just like when you're that much of an entitled man (laughs) you just do like when you're early on in your therapy journey I can just understand cherry picking theories that you don't understand that well and trying to use them in your life because we are all guilty of this people do this on TikTok all the time like having one fucking revelation and then acting like they're the god to teach everyone about x y or z to do with mental health like you know how the word the phrase like self-awareness became a thing a few years ago and then like the least self-aware people you knew on instagram (laughs) would be like self-aware blah 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 like they just they just learned the word but they're not they don't actually understand what it is yeah um i feel like that's i would like to think he's probably developed since then maybe not but the end result is still worth women talking about because it's such a fucking thing that happens yeah, so the the main ones were him saying the boundaries thing, which was really like basically saying that these are his boundaries in a relationship, and if she can't respect that, then like she then she needs to leave. And the boundaries are like her not talking to basically any men, <laughs> her not hanging out with her party friends other than to get a coffee, which I found so funny. Her not posting any like surfing videos of her in a bikini, her deleting them all from her Instagram. Like so the most crazy shit that it's not like that. That's not boundaries. No, that's like, as in, wait, I found this, re- I saw this really good text through about it where it was like, your boundaries are to do with yourself, not 
putting them on like mm-hmm. he's just controlling another person and saying these are my boundaries but it's like that's not your his boundary, boundary would be understand. like his boundary would be like i'm not gonna dm a girl who like has an instagram page like this because i know it's going to trigger my insecurities and anxiety so i'm not going to pursue a relationship with her in the first yes, place exactly like, that's a boundary yes the boundary is not i'm going to do all of that and then make her completely change her personality so i feel more comfortable yeah exactly um which is just fucking it's like the most i think the reason like women are just jumping on this so much because it's like everyone knows that experience there was that trevor noah quote that was going around about how like men are so attracted to independent women that like have their own lives going on and do their own thing and have loads of friends and have a career and aren't that interested in them and are kind of sexy and exciting they're who they want to date and then as soon as they start dating them, they don't want them to be like that anymore because they know that's who other men want to date as well. <laughs> so yeah. they go about shutting that shit off about them. And it's so like, I know the word triggering is really overused, but I think that's what so many women responded to was like, we know that feeling of you meeting a guy and all the reasons that he was interested in you. He then like uses it against you afterwards. Mm-hmm. He it's said you can't model. <laughs> and he goes, if you find that a fulfilling job, it's like, fuck off. You're a fucking actor. You're a fucking actor, firstly. <laughs> and, like, why do you think you slid into her DMs before knowing? Like, yeah. Ugh. Like, having, saying, oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah. So, can we bring in the CGI kiss? Because is, is the insinuation that he did the CGI kiss in that movie? What's the CGI kiss? Do you remember he was in a movie and, no, like. what's the, the, what are you talking about, though? When Jonah Hill was in that movie and it went viral because the, the kiss with his lead character had been so obviously CGI'd. Oh, I don't know. Oh. But who's talking about it? So he says in some of the texts he's talking about, she says, well, you have to kiss like beautiful women as part of your job. Like, I think we can be mature enough to know that like me talking to a guy when I'm in a bikini doing my job, you can trust me. Like I can trust you doing blah, yes, blah, blah. Yes, I didn't even see this exchange, but yes. And Sarah. then he said something like, I, I like he didn't say we're CGIing the kiss, but he said something about maybe I'm not comfortable with that or something. And then the kiss from that movie that he was shooting that she was talking about was CGI'd, and it was fa- like it went viral at the time because everyone was like, "Why is that a COVID thing or what?" But I'm like, maybe he just did do that. Like he just sounds like such a little baby. <laughs> I'm gonna WhatsApp it. Plain and simple. If you need surfing with men. <laughs> boundaryless inappropriate friendships with men what does that mean like boundaryless and inappropriate she's like clearly that's how i define zach being friends with like any woman (laughs) right (laughs) no i don't i I, like i don't but i do this is what i mean it's like (laughs) that's so funny though because it's like you want him to be friends with women i want him to be friends with women that like i know and i'm friends with you know what i mean yeah i it's i guess it's kind of different for you because you guys are it's kind of different for you because you guys have been together for so long and it's not like he... It's like if he made new random friends with women now exactly. who he was, who he just met and then was friends with, it would feel weird, I guess. But I guess because my boyfriend has like so many friendships with women, like literally all of his best friends are women, it doesn't feel weird at all. Yes. And then also then he'll make new friendships with women and I don't think it's a weird... I, I like don't think it's I'm always like oh who's that if it's like a random name I've never seen texting him but he'll yeah. just be like oh she's just a girl I met in like New York and now we're friends yeah I think that's 
I it's think also to do with this job, I guess. It's to do with your job. It's to do with your personality. Like yeah. you say, when you meet, like meet someone, like when I met Zach, any of his female friends were like friends through his sisters or through his like friends, girlfriends. Then I met them all just as friends and now like we're, we're they're all friends, friends, you yeah. know? And if he obviously went out and like had dinner or coffee with them, or whatever, it wouldn't be a big deal. But like, I do feel, and maybe this is like my own problem, but like, I don't even know. I think I think I'm thinking of specific examples where your like feminine instinct kicks in. Yeah, it's like something off. Yeah, I don't think any friendships with women is weird, but I do have that like old school when Harry met, Sa- met Sally thing of like if Zach met a female coworker that he really really got on with, and they spent a lot of time just the two of them hanging out in the way that I would a new female friend, I would find it strange. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but. Yeah, I am Jonah Hill. I stand with Jonah Hill. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, no, no. To post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit, to model, to post sexual pictures. Friendships with, this is funny. Friendships with women who are in unstable places <laughs> and from your wild recent past beyond getting a lunch or a coffee or something respectful. I'm not the right partner for you if these things bring you to a place of happiness. I support it and there will be no hard feelings. These are my boundaries for a romantic partnership. So, like, literally saying that she can't model and she can't surf with men. Yeah, he's literally, like... Or hang out with women or hang out with men. He's listing every single part of her life. It's, like, her job, her hobby, her... <laughs> friendships. Her friendships. Yeah. Um, and it's really fucked up. And it's that, th- that thing of, like, the Madonna whore complex thing of, like, men... L- are interested in you for your, your sexuality and your attractiveness and then they punish you for it at the same time or they punish you for liking or buying into how you look or your attractiveness. It's just so fucking classic and it's so unevolved and that's why it's so... Like, the average fucking Joe Blow on the street, I think, has a more sophisticated... <laughs> Maybe not, but, like, I don't know. I just... The amount of men who would never think to make a documentary claiming how evolved they are who have more evolved thinking about women is insane it's so naughty oh yeah i found this tweet so it was just being like um rule is a restriction that either you place on someone else or someone else places on you agreement something that two people decide on together boundaries made by you and apply to your behavior only and then she said basic stuff covered in the multi-amory podcast boundaries episode which i want to listen to yeah and they're not ultimatums either boundaries like you know what i mean you can't be like if you don't do this i'm leaving exactly sorry about the (laughs) drilling (laughs) now drilling. do you know what happened the other day it's so crazy went to a dinner work dinner sitting beside a girl talking to her for ages la 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 whatever she's like a cool stylist was really nice she talks about how she's building she's bought a house and is renovating it we keep chatting I say what, like, Amar does for work. She thinks her husband might know him because they work in a similar field. She leaves. She texts me 10 minutes later and goes, wait, do you live on this road? Hear that banging? That's her fucking house. Right there. She lives there. Next door. I've met her husband. That is really crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, and she was like, I bought the house next door. And then I couldn't because I was drunk. It was like, I could not figure out how she knew that when we never talked about. Also, it would have been solved in like two seconds in person if I'd talked about living in like this area. Mm -hmm. But, and then I couldn't figure out how the fuck 
she figured out that I live here because I was like, what? And it turns out my boyfriend's mum has been blabbering on to her husband. Oh. And so her husband knows everything about us, but we didn't know anything about them. And so she, he then, her husband goes, that's our neighbours. <laughs> so crazy. Wow, and now, crazy. and then I saw him the next morning walking really hungover, like walking from the convenience store to my house and was just like hello and kept walking inside i was like it's really cute that they're neighbors but also it's quite intense like i was walking around this morning you can kind of see into each other's houses sort of yeah and i like got home because it's so hot outside and immediately took all of my clothes off my body the minute i walked inside which i do all the time so i'm such a sweaty girl and then walked into the kitchen and just had a bra on and was like oh fuck like they can like probably see me i quite like having yeah a bit of privacy or just or just if there's not privacy if it's a random looking at your tits not like yeah a semi-colleague's husband Mm -hmm. hot husband may i add really Mm. i mean Mm. she's gorgeous so i was like that has to be her husband yeah nice a small world it's a small world after all (laughs) and then the other thing about them being the neighbors is then i just didn't wasn't up for a little chat at yeah. all i was Sometimes so hungover not. Yeah. she left early so she would have been like probably fine the next day and i was like an actual hungover monster and i was like you just need to be this weirdly this area which is like the middle of nowhere residential like further f- than you from the center of the action and there's weirdly like a bunch of different people who live on this on block this, yeah. and you just see people around that's the yeah that's the problem about Society, what, the society about yeah like the london thing there is a bit of a like villagey thing in london where you just walk like people clusters and areas and then you cannot walk without bumping whenever people, i'm in you know. your whenever so grace and i which is really cute when i'm in london we live like literally a 20 minute walk door to door which is so special because london's so massive but whenever i'm in your area which mm-hmm. is like kind of 10 minutes further along from her house and I usually go, like, me and Grace have this cute little area. We're always in together. But if I venture further in, every single time, I'll see, like, one of your mates. Yeah. I saw, like, four in a row. I saw four in a row the other day. And, like, one of them was being really funny. And he bought this watermelon. The watermelon was three pounds. <laughs> and he was just, like, eating it in front of us, talking about how much money he'd, he was inhaling. Um, yeah, it literally is. It's, like, a little australian village yeah it's ridiculous it is it is i really like it i think it's a really nice thing but um yeah sometimes you don't feel like a chat i actually often don't feel like a chat no neither i'm always i'm always in a rush yeah in my brain like thinking about stuff and i said the other day amar kept talking to me he just kept talking and talking and i was like i don't know often when i'm quiet i'm like deep in thought about something or like not even deep in thought but i need there's yeah shit going on in Isabel this, land. this morning Land. yeah this morning i was just like oh my god i'm trying to think and you just won't stop fucking speaking and he goes that's how i feel 90 percent of the time <laughs> um but yeah like often when i'm out and about I, or if i see someone i'm just never i want to be one of those people that leaves the house looking nice just just as in not looking nice but like putting on an outfit that if someone saw you in it you would be okay with it but i'm never like that it's not it's not who we are okay this this is my theory 20s are about trying to change every single thing about yourself and that's okay that's like experimentation figure out who you are trying things seeing what works changing your look changing your vibe i spent a lot of my 20s being like 
wanting to get on top of bad habits, wanting to self-improve, wanting to blah, blah, blah. 30s are about just leaning into who you are and just being like, we tried to change and the things that are still here is just your reality. That's very true. But for things like going to the the nail salon 10 minutes up the road, just why don't, why doesn't my brain work in a way where it's like, just put on this, like you look so cute right now, which I know you don't look before, but yeah. Oh, right. Which I know you don't look all the time when I see you because yesterday you looked like unhoused when I met you for coffee. I literally was unhoused. It was crazy. (laughs) Like a big fucking cardi on Literal boots (laughs) and Zach's climbing shorts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And And unbrushed hair. Yeah. Yeah. And I just like put on, I'm just. just, I feel like you always look cute. I feel like I have an amalgamation of just like random crap, like too much crappy stuff that you can then put together to create an outfit. Whereas I feel like, Amar, for some for some reason, or like maybe it's just men in general, have more plain – it's like a capsule wardrobe in a mm. way of more plain stuff. So even if he's grabbing – I mean, he can look fucking crazy. But usually if he's grabbing like trousers and then a T-shirt and then like a jacket, it all mm-hmm. just looks cohesive because everything is quite – similar yes. whereas for us and for, for women and for the girlies, for the girlies there's a lot of sparkles different. there's a lot of crazy stuff going on and if i'm if i have like five minutes to get ready and throw on anything that comes to, and that's why i think we wear exercise clothes so much yes it's like okay just put on leggings put on uh sneakers and put on a hoodie and out the door yes i also think we're what's hard for us i agree because zach is the same i feel like he always just looks correct when we go out on the street to get a coffee yeah in a way that i don't know how to yeah like i put on i put it's on like, like no a jacket time. and a skirt the other day and he was like are you going somewhere special and i was like no <laughs> I can't I get this <laughs> but i also think <laughs> there's something about growing up in london because i think we don't know yeah that is the culture of dress there's a certain way people dress in london that is like understated and cool Whereas in Sydney, Hastings Hawks Bay, yeah, yeah, Hastings. Like in Sydney, especially, that fucked with my head because that that is a cult. I and it's not Sydney. It is kind of Sydney in general. It's also work, but like people dress up a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. People dress up more. People wear heels. People like there's just more of that culture. So I think we're also like not really equipped to know what we're doing over here. I feel the same in LA. Like, I feel very confused about how to dress in LA. No one knows what to do no. in LA. Not even anyone from LA. Um, okay. We got me Moscow. We're going straight to Patreon right now. To the Patreon so, yeah. and beyond. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 